From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. A man stabbed a teen in the arm on an upper Manhattan train after she ignored him when he asked her for the time of day. Oh, my goodness. Happened early Thursday when the 19-year-old victim was on a one train at 181st Street, Washington Heights, around 1230 a.m. with her BF. Well, when a man approached and asked both of them for the time, he repeated the question multiple times. He really needed to know what time it was. I mean, uh, the, the guy probably had to be somewhere, and, and this was uh, a problem, but the, they ignored him. They ignored him, and he did not like it. He briefly turned away from the two strap hangers, strap hangers, but then turned back and knifed the teen on the arm. On the arm it sounds better than in the arm. It makes it sound like more of a slashing motion than a plunging motion. Uh, so good for her. She was taken to New York Presbyterian Hospital, Columbia, in stable condition, and the suspect fled from the train at 168th Street. Fled. Uh, at least three other people were stabbed in Upper Manhattan and the Bronx overnight. Well, we'll go over those after we welcome uh, my guest today, who is the host of One America podcast and uh, Austin, Texas's own Chase Geyser. Hey, Chase. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, I, I'm so uh, happy to, to have you on my show for a change. Uh, normally, uh, I know I've done your show a couple of times. In fact, I just did it today. We had a lot of fun. So fans of mine, listen to that. And uh, <laughs> what else can I say? I enjoy doing your show. I'm not sure what it's about. And, and that's like a, always a bonus. Yeah, we're still trying to figure out what it's about. It's a show about nothing. I think it's the first time anyone's ever tried that. <laughs> yeah, it'll never work. One America, <laughs> huh? I mean, but I, I kind of had the feeling it was a political show. We did talk about a lot of political stuff, but we talked about a lot of shit. Yeah, basically, I have um, guests on who I agree with, and we just stroke each other's egos for about an hour to two hours. That is a perfect formula. Nobody wants to hear all this arguing anymore. Right. At least three right. other people were stabbed, like I said, in Upper Manhattan and the Bronx overnight. At least, uh, let's see, one of it was about 15 minutes after the subway attack. 30, oh man, a 39-year-old uh, man was stabbed in the neck during a dispute with another man. On University Avenue, <laughs> during a dispute with another man. I don't know why that cracks me up. West Kingsbridge Road in the Kingsbridge Heights section of the Bronx. He went to St. Barnabas, stable condition. Suspect took off. There's blood on. The, let me just share this. Uh, uh, this is dramatic. So I'm going to share the screen here and show you uh, how uh, just just how grisly this is. Uh, as you can see, look at that. That's blood right there on the sidewalk. Someone's come to sweep wow. it up. It's and like they, American Psycho. They saw how red it was and, and were, or how wet it was, I guess. There wasn't a, a broom and a, a dustpan. That's not going to do the trick here. You need a hose. That's the only thing that's going to fix that. Uh, here, this is the stop where something apparently happened. A 24-year-old man stabbed from behind in the back and right thigh just after midnight as he walked at Broadway and 147th Street in Hamilton Heights. A lot of different hospitals mentioned in this uh, story, taken to Harlem Hospital in stable condition. Circumstances are unclear. And uh, he was described as uncooperative, meaning he knew exactly who fucking did it, and he'll take care of it himself when his leg and back heal. <laughs> Apparently a knife that was found. That's a gnarly-looking knife. I Isn't feel like it? if you stab somebody in the back... It should be mandatory that you wear a toga every day for a year. 
a two criminal. <laughs> a, uh, wait a second. It, 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 am I getting the it's Caesar reference, right? Yes, yeah, a Caesar reference. Okay. How funny would it be to see like the toga people in New York and know that oh, they stab somebody in the back? And you're gonna, you know, to avoid those motherfuckers, don't right. let, don't walk ahead of them. If nothing, right. see, I always feel like if I turn around and look over my shoulder, and I don't feel comfortable with whoever it is that's walking behind me, which. You know, basically, it depends more on their proximity to me than anything. Uh, but, you know, it's it's something that happens in New York, if, especially if you're by yourself. Uh, it's like a certain time of night. There's not many people around and uh, there's somebody behind you. I, I can't help. But, uh, you know, if I hear footsteps, glance back sure. and I don't want to be followed. I certainly don't want to be followed closely. Uh, I guess that's in the end a pretty good impulse. Yeah, I mean, well, it's hard to be a, a, an attractive man being pursued by a supermodel woman. You know, it's just it's very predatory and it makes me uncomfortable, too, when beautiful women follow me. Yeah. So, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're There's talking a huge about. Huge sexual element to it. That just, right. just go, Look, I'm, uh, you know, eyes are uh, up here in front, <laughs> you know, not not what you are looking at. They want to just follow you and look at your rear, <laughs> your rear. Well, that's the stabbings. It, and there was another guy uh, who happened to be, uh, well, not a guy, but a, a woman, uh, as it turns out. Look at the tigers. A 50-year-old New York City woman stabbed to death in a random attack in violent Brooklyn. 50-year-old woman stabbed to death in this horrifying random attack. She walked to work over the weekend. That's when it happened. Dorothy Clark Rosier or Rosier. How would you pronounce that? Can you say it? I'd say Rozier because I know knew a guy that was named Dozier. Oh, yeah, this is probably it. Probably, probably rhymes, wrong. Probably rhymes with the name of this guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, spelled this way though: Dozier, Rozier, uh, Clark Rozier, uh, comma Dorothy was on Albany Avenue near Farragut Road in East Flatbush. What colorful names we have! I really do enjoy that when there's a lot of colorful shit. Farragut Road in East Flatbush, just after five thirty a.m. Sunday. What the? F she was heading to her job. At a nearby Pathmark stat. I mean, like, really, you know, you're 50. You're walking to work at 530 in the morning on a Sunday in East Flatbush to Pathmark where you're going to work all day. Is stabbing to death really the worst part of your day? No, nope. That is. I think a, that was kind of a relief. Early stab. retirement. Yes. The pressure of a life like that just builds up inside your skin and the knife releases it. And then you can just lay down and go to sleep. You can sleep late like you wanted to. Just imagine if she would have called out sick or called out, you know, just say, I can't come in. She'd still be alive today. I always say a lot of a lot of shit happens to people when they're on their way to work. It's the truth. I say I always say that I've never said it before. I don't know why I claim to, to, that that's something I normally say. So, What's up with the stabbing, though? Like, like, why don't why don't people just get in fistfights like they used to? You know, I don't know. I, I think it's uh, it's not so much. I think a fist when I think of a fist fight, I think of something where both people are emotionally engaged and they're angry at each other. And uh, they're like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. And they go outside and they take off their jackets and they have their valets hold their jackets. And then they roll their sleeves up, have a brief conversation where they agree to the rules. Uh, all the sort of um lookers on they they define the ring and then bets are laid and uh you flip a coin to see who's going to get in which corner it's a whole process right it's a gentle you know, that would wait that would it. be a really funny bit 
if it were, you know, two people about ready to get into a bar fight. And then it's like a, it's like a, it'd be like a woke bit, right? Satire where they go outside and as they start negotiating the rules, it gets like more bizarre, more bizarre. Like they negotiate what pronouns to use to refer to each other. <laughs> they like change their outfits. You know, one puts on a dress, like <laughs> that could be a hilarious bit, man. Yeah. I never, I guess it could be good. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, it'll come to that one day. I mean, someday bar fights will be that postified, but I mean, that's a bar fight. This is a stabbing. Yeah, stabbings are random as often as they are uh, anything else. It seems you know they, are these people oh, even getting robbed. It's not mentioned. Nothing about stabbed her in the back without provocation. Had no connection to her at all. It was random. He was a stranger to her. No relation. So it seems like they're kind of emphasizing it almost a little too much. But uh, this is a quote from a police source, and she was not even su- supposed to be working the day of her attack. Mm. That's according to her heartbroken wow. niece, thirty-year-old Natasha Campbell. Uh, she was covering for somebody. Uh, she was set up by that person, I think. I think yeah. it was, it was, she was a setup. It's just like when uh, Polly called out Fredo had to be, uh, you know, the one uh, defending the Godfather. Right. And, uh, right. Everybody knows Fredo is going to fuck up. He's not going to. Oof. You broke I, my heart, Fredo. You broke my heart. And Polly, take care of that son of a bitch right away. I don't want to see him again. Yeah, uh, that's such a good, I need to watch that again. Yeah, it's so good. She was like, uh, it's OK. I've got my boots because it was it was apparently because Campbell had she begged her not to walk to work, not to walk in that day because of the cold. Don't walk. Well, in. the cold day. isn't what got her. No, it certainly is not. I <laughs> <laughs> would have been out the cold was not the issue. Imagine a woman freezing to death, you know, on the way to work. That would that would also be an interesting story. But um, when was the last time you think that happened? Captain Smith, 1917. <laughs> it was Captain Smith. Or 1914. I, oh, is that, oh, oh, okay. I thought it might be uh, the guy who circumnavigated or the uh, somebody who visited Antarctica or something like that. Oh, that was you're thinking Bird. of Shackleton. You're thinking I'm, of Shackleton. I thought I was thinking of Admiral Byrd. Maybe they both did. I know Shackleton, though. He, he did what? He, he sailed all the way around the uh, Antarctic? Shackleton tried to go, I think, as far north as possible or as far south. I can't remember one of the cold ones. And yeah. the crazy thing is his whole crew went mad on the journey because it was the first time they'd ever used canned food and the cans were lead. Mm. So they all lost their minds and they got stuck in the ice. Jesus, dude, I, that's a movie, isn't it? Yeah, there was they made like a Cinemax thing like 15 years ago when I was a kid or maybe 20 years ago. And, you know, it was really cool. A fictionalized version of it, right? Was it that long ago? I saw a documentary. I never saw like a fictionalized story of it. I saw um, a fictionalized story about that. It was a, a movie and I didn't, I, I maybe I wasn't making the connection until you described it, but that's exactly what happened. All the food was fucked up. They were stuck in the ice. Mm-hmm. And yeah. They, and like when they found the lifeboats, they, they were like, like the sailors had taken like their, their, their writing desk with them, like bizarre shit that they chose to take with them to escape the stuck boat. It's like, why would you bring a desk if you're, you know, stuck in the middle of Antarctica? Totally. It's because they were just right? fucking nuts. Yeah. I must, I need my desk. I might want to do some writing. Right. Jesus. Uh, man, that's, that's a crazy story. And so despite her grave injuries, she managed to uh, run to her place of employment. Oh, she still made it on clocked in. She was attacked close. She never clocked out. <laughs> she she clocked in and then she punched out for good. Attack. <laughs> what if she died on the clock? I, I bet you. Th- I wonder if there's like a, a special, you know, like well, a- at least she'd be able to tell the other guy what time it was. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a woman who cares about what time it is. 
five thirty in the fucking morning that you, you don't get any more conscientious than that. Yes, I will work your six a.m. shift. Jesus Christ at Pathmark. What are they doing at Pathmark at five thirty five? What is Pathmark? I think it's a grocery store. Ooh. I think it's just a grocery store. Well, they're not stocking any shelves. I, I mean, yeah, what? You know, well, I wonder what they do anyway. So she did manage to get it. She was attacked close to the supermarket and she ran to tell her coworkers she'd been assaulted. She ran to her friends, Campbell said. Well, Clark Rozier rhymes with Dozier was rushed to the Kings County Hospital in violent Brooklyn, where she was pronounced dead, dead. Here's pictures of her, as you can see, which she looks like a delightful woman. I bet she was. I bet she was nice. I bet you she was. She seems just like I mean, like you can tell by her smile, you know, that that's that not that one so much. But this one more, I think, you know, that's a nice smile. She's. uh, And look at her. I bet she I bet she particularly liked that outfit on her, too. I bet she was like, look at this. I got this with the vertical stripes. You know, it's, it's very flattering to the figure. It, it, yeah, it can be, especially for certain types of figures. And and uh, this earring here, it's a, you know, that's a youthful uh, earring. You know, she's probably out going out on a date. I mean, she's got the Rhoda hat, you know, and uh, big smile, lots of teeth, uh, nice bet. Why am I, I feel like I'm I'm some kind of like a a, a, a gay person on uh, the E network or something? Looking at her outfit, she was murdered. Wilson was busted a day later. Who's Wilson? Wilson, the volleyball. She was pronounced dead. Wilson. Wilson was busted a day later. Have we heard about Did we discuss Wilson yet? I hadn't heard his name until just then. Isn't that strange? I don't remember it either. He's fucking journalist. He was a stranger to her. Not even supposed to. Boots. Spider grave injuries. Campbell. Okay. So I'm going there. Oh, well, just mentions it in a caption. Allegedly used a long knife to stab Dorothy Clark Rozier in the back. Uh, it mentions him there, and then it says Wilson was busted a day later, charged with murder and criminal possession of a weapon. They always get you for that. Just even having this knife is bad enough, let alone what you did with it. I want to know where he was on January 6th. Yeah. Answer me that. Answer me that. Riddle me this. <laughs> Anthony Wilson. He gave, if that's your real name, he gave incoherent statements when he was interviewed, leading investigators to believe he was inebriated. Oh, he was just drunk and wanted to stab somebody. Uh, sources all described him as an EDP uh, off his medication. Uh, they, they were trying to get people off the word EDP because it's stigmatizing. And I think what is EDP? Emotionally disturbed person. And p- prior to that, they were referred to as psychos. But then they and they probably when emotionally disturbed person, they were like, really? We got to like actually who gives a shit? They're crazy fucking psychos, you know, and then now that was OK. But but it's since it's uh, stigmatized. I, I That's what always happens with, with words that describe unpleasant things. The word itself that people think that's the problem, you know, like that's oh, it's a stigmatized word. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, well, when t- Twitter Twitter banned it, banned uh, uh, calling people retarded. And so I started saying that I just started calling telling people that they have an L.D., learning disability nice. it's only a matter of time before twitter catches on to that and so actually <laughs> side note what i did recently there's this there's this nonprofit pack called uh um uh arc and it stands for um association uh, of retarded uh, citizens that's it that's exactly it and um you can make donations to to the arc uh, on behalf of someone and so now what I've been doing is every time someone's just totally a troll on Twitter, 
I give five bucks to the ARC and I put their name in and I take a screenshot and I say, I just made a donation on your behalf to the Association of Retarded Citizens. You can't ban me for that. Wow. Sometimes it would, maybe you could make a donation in, in uh, somebody's name to the NAACP. Yeah. It could, it could work in a similar way. I mean, sure. looking for sideways ways to like uh, <laughs> say things about people or, uh, or, you know, old people as well. ARP. Aren't they ARP Association know, of Retired People? And then there's uh, are probably persons. And then there's uh, that's a that's a really funny idea, though. Make a donation yeah. on their behalf, because it's I mean, if retarded is in the fucking I don't understand why it's a problem to call somebody retarded. And it's funny. This comes up. Retardation has been a theme today. Tonight, we watched Bonnie McFarlane and Rich. Voss on an episode I was uh, guest hosting of the Anthony Cumia show way back in 2016. And Bonnie got mad because I was saying something about retarded people. I think I said that if a retarded person gets raped, it's better for them. It's better to be raped as a retarded person than as a, a person who's not retarded because they're not going to be triggered so much or dwell on it so much. They're not going to really. Yeah, they don't know what's going on. Yeah. They might not comprehend it quite as specifically and feel it could be worse, though, man. It's probably hard to do. Yeah, I've never tried. You don't want to you know anybody you want to build up to it. <laughs> no, I, I can set you up with for this rape. But <laughs> anyway, she walks off the whole thing, the whole scene. And we talk but it, it, it. That was the whole part of it is like retard. Like, I think I use the term retard strength. And, you know, it, it turns into this thing about whether or not they can reproduce. I see later. Yeah, that's tricky. I had a brother or I had a very, very close friend in high school whose older brother was um, uh, retarded, frankly. And um, it was really odd because they put him in. Um, he was like in a community for retarded people and he like they would date each other and stuff. And it's like, how do you navigate the morality of that? Yeah, it's a 30 year old man. And, 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 and oh, a 30 year old man. And he's in a, a community. Yeah, he's going to want to fuck. Right. But he's retarded. Nothing wrong with those testes. They're still they're producing all that retarded semen, and he's going to be trying to sow it everywhere. Yeah, or at least somewhere. And you wonder how it must be really important to teach them to jerk off, just so they can have something to do. But maybe you don't have to teach them that. Maybe that comes natural. I guess it depends on how profoundly retarded they are. But uh, they can't consent to sex if they're with like like say if i was trying to fuck a retarded girl that would be right because she can't you know right but what if you were also retarded that's like the drunk saying if we're both drunk it's okay right right exactly (laughs) i think if if we're both drunk why is it rape on me you know what if i'm even drunker than she is she's barely over the limit and i am fucking shit-faced in a in a blackout you know and and yeah fuck this girl uh and, and well, there's there's all sorts of different kinds of retarded too. I think it's got to be a case by case thing. Yeah, but you know? I mean, yeah, the law is just a case by case. Like, well, we got to look at this and say, like Gilbert Grape. Did, do you think he should have gotten laid? You know, a couple more summers. Well, somebody was eating him anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it was Lenny, right? Or was Lenny his name? I can't remember his name. Eating Gilbert Grape him. was Johnny Depp, but uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Oh, I'm a yeah. miracle! I'm a miracle! 
I bet you, you know what? A lot of people thought he was retarded. He did such a good, that's how good of an actor he is. They thought that you know, that's actually the only movie he didn't have to act in <laughs> his character <laughs> cast. He, he had to really step it up for like the great Gatsby and shit. It's like, yeah, dude, a retard who can act like that. But then as soon as the, as soon as it's cut, he's like, uh, that's, uh, that's, have you ever, have you ever seen an interview with an actor who played a really cool character? And then when the actor is in the interview, they're like a total skis. And it's like, dude, you're such a good actor. Why don't you just act like a cool person? Yeah, right. Why don't, why don't you dump this personality that you have now and adopt right. one that you is can a little be bit anyone. more suitable? You can have charisma. Yeah, you can. Obviously, you're a great actor. I liked you until now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Conan O'Brien is sort of like uh, just intolerable uh, on a personal level. I've never met him. But when he's talking like to uh, an interviewer or something like that, you wouldn't think he was a comedian. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't even I, I think he's one of the least funny people. He's one of these Harvard lampoon motherfuckers who thinks they, they comedy to them is he might be a good writer, you know, a good, a good, but that doesn't make you a host. It doesn't make you a good deliverer of jokes, monologues or being funny. And I just I, I, I always thought he was very condescending to his audience. And yeah. uh, and he didn't give a fuck about wasting everybody's time with all his, you know, uh, cutesy nonsense when he was talking to somebody else. Yeah, I agree. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of Conan. Um, yeah, and honestly, the whole talk show thing is sort of like a legacy thing, like the old school cable TV night shows thing, because I don't I don't think that the people are going to be having cable uh, for, for much longer. And there will always be those shows and, and, but pe and people will stream it. But this whole idea of, hey, this is your hour on this major network and you're going to sit behind this desk and we have a team of people writing your jokes for you and all you have to do is deliver them. That's just kind of a bizarre thing that ever happened. Yeah, it developed over time. I mean, it started mm -hmm. off as being something a lot less formal, like, um, yeah, that shit would go on forever. I mean, their interview, his interviews with like Burt Reynolds in 1973 or some shit or, uh, you know, even older starlet type people, older starlets and, and, and stars like, I don't know name a fucking old act, Jimmy Stewart or something. And blah, blah, blah. yeah, it would, fucking, yeah. it would be like segment after segment and it was an hour and a half long in new york city it just was like even the stand-up sets i watched an old david brenner his first appearance on the tonight show was like nine minutes <laughs> it's like damn wow. that's a wow. while and he was terrible i mean he was he was just terrible have you ever uh, seen jim carrey's uh, stand-up impression of jimmy stewart it's fucking nuts right yeah he was good so talented i'd love to see him do stand-up again i know he hasn't done it in years yeah, he's too good for that now, man. He's a painter and a political activist, and he's got a beard. And he gave his girlfriend herpes and talked her into killing herself or some shit. Like, I mean, isn't he so, sort of like vaguely responsible for her death or something? I, you know, I looked into it at one point, and I don't remember the details. But what my takeaway was is that he didn't do anything wrong. That was just bullshit. Right. Yeah, I guess so it, it kind of came out at a time when uh, if something bad happened to a woman, everybody was looking to see who the man was who caused it. Uh, emotionally disturbed disturb person off his medication. Now, here's another thing about that, about medication, is that they have laws. I think there's something called Kendra's law where they can actually, somebody like this, they can say, if you don't take your medication, then you go to the state hospital. It's your choice, but you have to remain on it. And they check in with them. They make sure they're taking their medication and everything works, right? But they don't do that. And with the money spent, I mean, uh, Thrive NYC was a mental health initiative. I think it was a billion dollars or something. Uh, and uh, it was 800 million. And then I heard a billion. 
Jesus Christ, none of that money is accounted for. And that was all during the Shirley McRae era, uh, Mayor de Blasio. And they just gave it away, I guess, to whoever it was that was supposed to yeah. do something. And maybe they did some. <laughs> I know. went through the Thrive NYC program and now I'm a real estate mogul. It really works. <laughs> I'm thriving. Yeah, I was homeless. Now I sell homes. He's a. Uh, He's a worse. I mean, he really made it uh, bad. We'll be talking a little bit about the new mayor in just a second because he made some really weird statements. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you'll mm -hmm. enjoy it. But uh, they don't employ Kendra's law. They don't do it. And I don't know that anybody should necessarily. They really are trying to keep people from being confined in any way. I mean, jail, not popular now for some reason here in New York City. That's a pretty old fashioned -y way to deal with somebody who stabs people or you know might otherwise uh, damage them to uh, put them in a cage and uh, not let them do it then they want them to just go out and not do it on their own because now they have a court date and god knows they're really worried about going back for it too uh i don't know if you're are you in texas are they rolling back uh jail and and trying to reform the criminal justice system and all that stuff nope none <laughs> of that and they just they just passed a law um, that you can carry a firearm without a permit if you're 18 years old. Uh, 21, handgun 21, yeah, in Texas. So I just carry my gun with me everywhere. Are you joking? You don't need a permit to carry? You just like if, you could, if you've got a permit to own it, that's as good as You don't have to get permit. a permit to own it. No go permit buy it. at all. That, no. I can't believe they it. They do a background check, that's it. So you can't legally carry a firearm if you've committed a felony, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so if they catch you with it and they run a background check and you were illegally carrying, then you're in trouble. But like me, for I got a clean record. I can just carry my gun everywhere, no permit. And you don't even register your firearm with the state in Texas. So the state doesn't even know that I own several guns. Well, not until now. I, I yeah. hate to tell you, but Texas wat, uh, watches and listens. They uh, sure. But Thank I, I want to just come and take it. <laughs> People are thinking it's going to yeah that it's going to be the OK Corral or some shit like that. If you have a situation like that, an armed society is a polite society. That is the way it is. Now, the, the problem will be somebody people might blow their uh, men, white men blow their brains out disproportionate to their numbers, uh, which is amazing since there's so fucking many of us to begin with. But there's a lot of white middle aged guys who just say, fuck it. Yeah, but the gun's just the easiest way to do it. Those people would kill themselves anyway. I just, just the gun's I mean, the best option. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I think that they're they're likely to, they, they, but they might not. But the thing is, it doesn't matter. Who gives a shit? If you point, you should gun, be able to take your own life. You should be able to take your own life. I mean, like, don't people advocate for that shit? Why is everybody so bent out of shape about the number of people killed by guns when mostly it's suicide? And yeah. uh, it's the people that you claim to hate anyway, for the most part, the people that are against guns. I don't get it. Uh, Wilson was uh, ordered held without bail. That's unusual during his arraignment required. I guess if you actually murder somebody, they might hold you without bail. He was required to undergo a psychiatric evaluation set to appear in court April 8th. Uh, I'll keep you posted if anything happens. I wish New York was a state that gave the death penalty because her attacker deserves it. That's uh, her niece, her heartbroken niece, Campbell. She did not deserve to die. Of course not. He is a monster. Of course he is. How could you kill an innocent person who you have never met? In some ways, I think it would be easier to kill a random person you've never met. Uh, it, it's almost like she's saying, you know what? I, I can see killing somebody if you know them and hate them. You know, <laughs> sure. It might be a reality she lives with. You know, I mean, people do shoot each other over business deals, uh, certain types of a business, especially. But 
uh, I guess just um, stabbing somebody out of nowhere. It, 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 that's that's a pretty crazy thing to do. Clark Rozier was an aspiring nurse, by the way. That's her last name. Clark Rozier, aspiring nurse who moved to the U.S. three years ago from Jamaica, 23 year old son. Wow, they're really doing a lot of eulogizing here for a New York Post story. This is usually the kind of thing you see in the Daily News, and they tell you all about the person. And um, they also talk to, uh, let's see, married couple Sean and Sharon Wilson. They live across from the Pathmark, where she worked. <laughs> I guess they wanted to get a comment from them. Crime is gradually beginning, getting worse and worse, said Sean. There are a lot more emotionally disturbed people around. But this guy's just like saying, this just happened. Uh, we're gradually seeing more and more people around that we've never seen before. Just like the, the population of, in New York City, it's eight and a half million? million, eight, eight and a half, half million. Yeah, I mean, but it's like uh, if if you go to the uh, yeah the what do you call it the metropolitan area or whatever that is uh, that's uh, that's bigger, sure. Uh, but but it's only eight and a half million, and um, it, it's probably more with with people who just live here and nobody knows they live here. Uh, yeah, 20 million in the metropolitan statistical area. Right. Metropolitan statistical. That includes Philadelphia. I think a lot of New Jersey uh, mm. goes pretty far. I mean, it's like it's uh, that's just too many people in one spot. We're not made for that shit. I disagree. I think that it's fine during Bloomberg's uh, era, his time as the mayor. And I was here during some of Bloomberg's term. It was it was fine. It was I mean, the, the murders were, you know, they they were going down and. um a couple hundred, you know, down from like fucking, you know, to over 2000 in, in 90. But they, they always use these crime statistics like that to show crime is still down overall. If you look, yeah, because crime was really bad in the 90s and 80s. So, of course, it's down overall. But I don't think it's the popular. I don't think it's the number of people. I mean, like it's uh, everybody. Well, I mean, handle. healthy people can handle it. But if you if you're in a situation where there's 20 million people, there's there's a statistical inevitability that a few of them are that a number of them are going to be just totally batshit crazy. Sure. But I mean. That's true DPs. anywhere, isn't it? Isn't that true anywhere? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, so let's just say more. it's like one in a thousand. So that means every million people, there's a thousand uh, nuts. Yeah. So and that means of, you got 20,000 nuts people in the area and I've only got a thousand nuts people here. And you know <laughs> what? And a few of them are psychiatrists probably. And uh, yeah. Yeah. It, there's some crazies and, and the homeless population is especially nuts. Um, I think they're like, I, I heard it estimated 25% of them are crazy. It's got to be more. It's got to be way more. A lot of them are strung out. If, if not, nearly all of them are strung out. I don't ever see the noble homeless person who's like, just lost i mean they people come on and beg that way but they probably live somewhere you know i feel like they probably have homes there was one woman in particular who you know you'd see her she was on the end train and she would come on and say i have to stay away from my home now i'm a victim of domestic violence she had this real dramatic delivery like that violence and then like if mm -hmm. anybody was like Fuck, i saw i see shut the fuck up you know we know you she you can't be a victim of domestic violence if you're homeless, though, right? <laughs> no, that's true. I guess. Of <laughs> <laughs> shit. Well, the rule is now, <clears throat> at least by the by well, Alpha natural Tracks, immunity. <laughs> his his number uh, is is uh, rather his guidance to his uh, ADAs when he first came on as the new DA in Manhattan was: listen, here's the deal. Don't um, we're not going to prosecute 
a lot of shit and you know just like don't fuck with that and he also said there's going to be some offenses that where there's no prison just just not not even we're not even going to seek prison for things like aggravated assault maybe uh like a, a variety of things i think uh he, he he did walk walk it back a little but it was like you know that that's what a lot of times i've said with progressive type politicians they'll say what they would like to do and then there's a negotiation and, and then they go well let me clarify <laughs> it's not like yeah. they're in their mind or being uh so uh he by his rule okay and, and i've said this before people will tolerate it i hope that like say somebody punches your wife in the face on the street yeah then they won't seek prison time for that person because unless it's some kind of hate crime but in, in texas you can legally shoot that person immediately and take their life just shows you how different two places can be doesn't it but if you were to hit your wife yourself you know you would go to prison because that becomes like a domestic violence felony uh and this guy who just punched her in the street for no reason i mean he just he doesn't even have to put up with her shit you know i mean it's just like it's it's not logical is what i'm saying yeah i'm with you one wasn't rudy giuliani's big thing when he was um uh mayor that you, you just you bust him for every small crime and if you hit the small crimes and they won't commit the big ones wasn't that kind of his philosophy yeah, it was uh, it wasn't his original idea, but he really did put it into practice like nobody ever had. It's the uh, it work? the broken windows theory is what that's called. And yeah, it worked. It worked really, really well because people stopped doing that shit. Like almost all the subway crimes that happen are they whoever perpetrated it jumped the turnstile. You know, I mean, they don't really. It's not like people become lawbreakers once they swipe their card like a good citizen and walk in. You know, I mean, like people it's not that all the people who jump the turnstile are criminals, but anybody who's a criminal is going to jump the turnstile. Right. And, you know, it, it happens that uh, for some reason, but you correct all this small shit, you stop letting it go. You don't let people piss and shit in the streets, because if you let them piss in the streets, they start shitting in the streets. It's like. It's, mm -hmm. it's just a natural thing, you know, I mean, you, you give them a piss, they take a shit. And if you let them drink uh, openly, then, you know, they're obviously going to going to smoke weed and, and smoking weed. You let them smoke weed. Now you see well, it's just like a speeding around. ticket, man. Like after you get a speeding ticket, you drive carefully for a couple of weeks and then you start speeding again a little bit. And then a couple of months go by and then you start speeding a little bit more. And a couple of years go by and you get pulled over for going 25 over. Yeah. yeah. And you might not like it. It's not like a, a happy thing, but, you know, it, it's still a fact. You I got pulled I mean? over for going 125 in Scottsdale, Arizona one morning. <laughs> and the cop was like, why that? Do you realize that I can arrest you right now for doing that? Why the hell were you going that fast? And I just said, no excuse, sir. <laughs> And he probably didn't even give you a ticket. No, I got a ticket. I had to hire a lawyer. It was criminal speeding. It's not even a misdemeanor in Scottsdale when you're going that fast. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So I paid a lawyer like three grand and had to write a letter to a judge saying how sorry I was. And then they made me take an online anger management course, even though it had nothing to do with me being angry. I was just driving fast because it was fun. They're just like, but, yeah, we get money for this course and fuck you do something. Yeah, it was cartoons that were all pissed off at each other. What not to do? <laughs> it's like Futurama type shit. Like, what the fuck? Do I look like that? You're probably <laughs> like um, 
you know, just they they just were trying to keep you out of jail. So they're like, it's we're a whole bunch of shit that whether it makes sense or not, they had to tack a bunch of that. I mean, right? Because they could have put you in jail. You could have done thirty days. I could have done thirty days for that. Dude, yep. God. Yeah. You definitely hire a lawyer if there's thirty days of lockup involved. I know I would. I I I, would, I don't know. I don't think we would want to spend a night in jail. It's like I've never spent a night in jail. I uh, I've never even been. I don't think I've been. I've never been inside a jail cell. Have you been arrested? I've been arrested, but my parents picked me up because I was young, and uh, that happened twice. I guess was it twice? I no, maybe it was underage drinking. They cuff you. Yep, I was sixteen, walking down the street in one of them, and I je- I made an obscene gesture to the police, and so they decided to flip around and, and take me to jail. And then I uh, and then another time I was at a hotel with some uh, girls who uh, were underage, and I guess I was still just underage and uh yeah we were just having a little party and my stupid cousin started breaking beer bottles in the fucking parking lot like dude that's gonna they're not gonna fucking we're not gonna get away with it you you stop it you know it was a shitty fucking hotel i can't believe the kind of shit we used to do check into some fucking friendly inn i think is what it was the fucking friendly inn i mean like all on one level just imagine the shittiest fucking motel you can imagine wouldn't have thought twice about sleeping there would have been fine as it turns out got to go home so now this guy has a good quote just like the price of groceries crime has gone up he added we are more concerned about our safety i tell my wife to be cognizant of her surroundings especially when the sun goes down i'm a good guy i know what to tell her uh yeah of course you tell i mean like they they have to be sure you're home by the time the street lights come on dear yeah and if you're not transatlantic accent Expect a beating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll show you the back of my hand. Don't get hurt out there or I'll hurt you. Sharon, <laughs> his wife, 40, said the crime has been far worse since the pandemic began. Lots of strange people walking around here in the morning. I, I can co-sign that. The pandemic made everything less fun and, and there's a lot more crazy. It's not a safe area anymore. I've been here since 2012. The crime is by far the worst it has been in that time. So there you go. That's the story of that. Looks like this is a picture of uh, him closing in, stalking her right before he allegedly stabs her. Uh, here he is in this red circle, and here she is in this red circle. Um, excellent. That's really, that's really sad, man. As a matter of fact, it's like super sad. And you, I'm sure you've covered this a million times on your show, but those random videos of just some random dude walking up to somebody and you know beating the crap out of them in the middle of the day. A lot of that weird stuff was happening this past year, past couple of years. Yeah, it, it's. I think that it got kicked off too by the protests that happened. I think it really emboldened people to be just like "fuck cops," you know, and and we're gonna take it back to the uh, whose streets, our streets, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't really make you feel a great deal of citizenship i i think uh if you if you co-sign all that stuff and maybe rudy giuliani was uh wrong when he went after the mob they would have kept shit in order well <laughs> in, their <neighborhood. laughs> in their neighborhood uh right in in uh in it's, but then again you know i mean the mob uh, are, are they really better than ms-13 you know, I don't know. At least they have a code, right? And maybe this is just the movies talking that I've watched. But my understanding is that the mob, as ruthless as they are, do have rules that they follow. Like the MS-13, they'll kill your family. 
the mob will just kill you, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and I could be wrong about the history here, but didn't the mob originally form because law enforcement wasn't protecting Italian property in these cities because of like racism against Italians at the time. So the mob got together and offered protection legitimately in the beginning. And then it just sort of got carried away. Uh, that's um, that might be the version that might be the version that they like to tell. Uh, but mm. then again, it's in all likelihood there's it's probably somewhere in the middle, right? I mean, there, yeah. from the time that it would that it started, I'm sure it was like somebody was doing it. They charge an exorbitant rate for protection, though. This is ridiculous. What do you mean? Well, shit, right. that's just, it's expensive. And then another guy comes along and goes, "I'll protect you for half that," and then they kill that guy. And then right. you know this, that's how the families. Uh, <laughs> I, I really don't know, but. Uh, yeah, um, they do have a code, don't they? I know that I know one of their codes. I, I would keep it away from the kids. I don't want it sold in their schools, you know, the yeah, from the, and, and that was uh, there was they actually debated whether or not they were going to get into the drug business, uh, according to Francis Ford Coppola and the guy. Right. That's right. Uh, it's going to be a new radio show, by the way, uh, not a nude one, but a new one. Uh, with Anthony Weiner and Curtis Lewa co-hosting together, <laughs> I, mean, I, I thought Weiner was in prison. He was. He got out. He's done. He did his time. And look at his neck. Jesus, what happened to this fucking guy? That's he's got a. He was always a pencil it. neck. Yeah, but that's just so fucking. It's it's that agey. Uh, mm, that's yeah. I'm looking reptilian at him. look. Yeah. Oddest coupling in radio history. Now I don't know. I guess this is probably going to work. Uh, it, they they probably like. You know, Sliwa was trying to be mayor. He didn't become mayor. Uh, Wiener is the, he's, well, we've wanted to do a show. Why don't we just put them together? Okay. I'd say that was probably about how much thought went into it. Uh, I'll be listening. That's for sure. Remember when uh, Wiener was in Sharknado? Never saw Sharknado. Was he really? Yeah. I mean, Sharknado is like the most ridiculous sort of spoof movie ever. And they, they would have these celebrity casts that were just insane. And the whole premise was that there was a tornado made of sharks. That, like attacked LA or whatever, New York right. or whatever, which is a great idea. There's a bunch of them, and he was, yeah, he was one of the guys in Sharknado. There's a bunch of tornadoes or a bunch of Sharknados. It's it's shark. It's a tornado full I mean, of sharks. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> a bunch of the movie Sharknado, or there are a bunch of the both things. Both. There's like I think there's three of them. Sharknado three. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and you know, by the time they get to Sharknado three, where's the quality? You know, I mean, it's I. uh I can't imagine Sharknado is such a funny idea, such a funny word, but it's like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes or something. I can't imagine. Yeah. I've never seen that movie, but I, I imagine any movie that's kind of bad on purpose. I, I always am really suspect uh, suspicious of. Did you ever see The Room? Yeah, I don't think that was intentional. <laughs> I didn't no, see the was, movie. And that was it's, really good. I've seen a ton of scenes from it. I can't find the movie. The Disaster Artist? No, just the one oh, the that's room. Just called The Room. Uh, I'll send it to you. I downloaded it. Really? Please do. I'm going to watch that immediately. I've, yeah, I've I'll send it to you. Fascinating thing. Now, the disaster. Oh, hi, Lisa. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> that's shitty. Hi, doggy. See, I find shit like that inspiring. I got to fuck it. I, I could do that. <laughs> I made a documentary movie of a topless parade that's on my Vimeo, by the way. It's a. Uh, my Vimeo, I guess, is Pad Dixon NYC or Pad Dixon, but you'll find it if you start looking for it. It's called, uh, oh, it's originally called Go Topless, and maybe that's what it's still called. I don't know. But the topless video, it's like an hour and 12 minutes long. <clears throat> so fun to do. And it looks very good for, for the amount of, uh, you know, 
shooting they the, the kind of stuff we were using it, it looks better than it should uh definitely give it a look there's a lot of tits in it but you're sick of tits by the end of the fucking thing so what's the difference between that and when snoop dogg did that girls gone wild mardi gras <laughs> this one has uh certain women who would never be going wild at mardi gras uh, and, and they have no sense of humor some of them and some of them are okay and then a lot of them are just like they like we're going around talking to them and, and uh, my wife at the time news or mandy statmiller is doing most of the talking why are you marching today and they say for women's equality uh and then you see but everybody's just staring at their tits so it's for women's equality but it's really not you know i mean like you really get a kick out of walking around with your shirt off i'm sure like if, if it, it, being objectified is a kick for a lot of women. And I don't think anybody who doesn't enjoy it is out there like, well, I don't want anybody to see my tits ever, but for women's equality, I'll do it. You know, they, they, they want to desexualize it. That was their whole idea. Can you imagine if um, like a men's rights activist organization did dicks out parades? <laughs> that kind of came up in conversation. Uh, and uh, the, the Italian woman that she was talking about it with said, wouldn't bother her. Wouldn't bother her if there were dicks out. Like she says, I go to the nudist beach with the clothing and he's fine. You know, it's like they don't mind. See, but that's different from, say, 200 guys with their dicks out, you know, marching around to like have genital equality or something. But men don't have to have a shirt on. They figure they don't have to have a shirt on. And uh, that's that they it's it's legal in New York State for women to be topless. And they go, I didn't realize that because the free the nipple movement. Yeah, that that shit. Yeah, which is a, a terrible idea. Tits are sexual. They should be sexual. Stop saying they're not sexual. You're ruining it. If there's like topless news and shit like that, it's just a fucking drag. It's just a drag. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's. A, yeah, and I don't think that's just a cultural society thing. I think that's like evolutionary that. that there's just something inherently sexual about boobs. It's it. You're looking at them thinking, uh, yeah, I mean, from a biological standpoint, you know, if your biological imperative is to reproduce, then you want a woman who has nice sized tits to feed your babies. Right. And you could probably also I bet like people in the beginning could tell if a woman I mean, you can tell if a woman's had kids by her tits very often. So I guess that's another thing. It's like, does she already have kids? somebody you know so is that a plus or a minus though like uh, now i know now i know she can have kids i guess it depends on what kind of dude you were back then (laughs) yeah yeah like the kids part becomes secondary because you're just like so fucking lit up you know it's not like it's not like they were pure of mind just because they were operating on pure instinct i guess Uh, eight years of de blasio was held for new york city this is a, a a what you would call an editorial uh style piece or an opinionated piece from town hall uh, dot com. Eight years of de Blasio was held for New York City. He destroyed the city. The anti-cop mayor was replaced by a former police officer. Eric Adams ran on increasing public safety. He wants the anti-crime plainclothes unit back on the streets, which have uh, become shooting galleries after pro-crime city officials allowed criminality to spread faster than COVID. Adams has a base of support that really isn't grounded in accomplishing what the far far left wants, which is why they don't like him. See, they're not grounded in that. The nation had a lengthy piece about Adams and how he could simply ignore the progressive left should he win. Well, he did. After the ball dropped on New Year's Eve in Times Square, he was sworn in as city's ex-mayor and off to a rocky start, it says. Oh, I see. 
Well, these bastards want me to fucking I got if I want to read the rest of this shit. Like, I'm sorry, uh, guys. Paywall. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> not going to. Uh, yeah, I got to purchase. Fuck you. There is plenty of other shit about this guy to read. Um, and, and here's the problem with this guy. He says that cheese is like heroin. OK, he says that it, that there's hardly any difference. He, he claims to be a vegan. So this is the new mayor of New York City. This is from The Guardian. It's caused a mix of amusement and serious consternation by comparing cheese to heroin. Food is like a drug, he said. And in fact, the studies show the same level of brain that encourages you to use drugs also addicts you to food. Food is addictive. You take someone on heroin, put them in one room and someone hooked on cheese, put them in another room and you take it away. I challenge you to tell me the person who's hooked on heroin and who's hooked on cheese. I bet you I could tell. I just yeah, what don't. What the think- hell is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what the on hell is he cheese. talking about, man? This is our mayor. <laughs> he's he's said this is the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard hooked on cheese y'all that's bad you can't there's no difference is he trying to normalize heroin uh addiction or is he trying to vilify cheese addiction yeah yeah like oh, what like, you show some you show some of the addicted to cheese some parmesan and they'll just like hell i'll suck your dick for that parmesan oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you need done to you <laughs> for that yeah, I mean, okay. You, he says you put one in one room and one in the other. You got a junkie in here. You got a cheese addict in here. Now you say you bring the heroin addict, uh, you know, a nice uh, steak, right? He's he doesn't want to eat that fucking steak. This person's gonna eat the steak, and they're gonna be like, "You got any cheese with this?" No. Ah, fuck. All right. Well, okay. I guess I'll have to do without cheese. Uh, for starters, you know, I mean, plus the guy on heroin is gonna be, I guess, throwing up scratching himself i don't know but i hear addictions he's sweating you know uh probably laying in the fetal position holding their stomach moaning and groaning with the, from the pain of withdrawing from heroin and this fucking guy is just like cheese yeah this is the cheese <laughs> cheese is the number one threat to national security if you're hooked on cheese here's a number you can call how about an intervention for people hooked on cheese I mean, there's yeah. some people who, you know, you meet some people and they're a little too into cheese. I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I never judge them this harshly. The mayor identifies as a vegan, though, on Monday, he officially admitted sometimes eating fish. He officially admitted that. Then you're not a vegan. Just say you're a vegetarian. He was speaking as part of an effort to convince New Yorkers to switch to a more plant based diet. He's really not even a, a vegetarian if he sometimes eats fish. I mean, isn't that a isn't that too meaty to be a vegetarian? Uh, that's called a pescatarian, I believe. Right. Uh, the more you eat plants and fruits, now it says he he he's he's trying to convince New Yorkers to switch to a more plant based diet. I don't want to hear shit about my fucking diet while women are getting stabbed on the way to Pathmark at six in the morning. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but to be fair, she probably could have done without the cheese. <laughs> maybe, maybe he stabbed her too soon for her cheese. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just happened Sunday. God damn it. I said, give me the rind, bitch. Give me the rind. These guys are Jesus Christ. How dare you of, of one America podcast? Uh, he said, the more you eat plants and fruits, the more you have a healthy lifestyle away from overprocessed food, the healthier you are going to be. He said, I know how I feel every day and I want you to feel the same way every day. What a moron. I mean, 
it seems like the mayors, they come in and they it, I guess they want something to like define them as mayor and they don't want it to just be the high crime numbers or whatever. They want something. I guess it's a distraction. Like you go out and say something really fucking stupid or in de Blasio's case, he dropped the groundhog and uh, and, and the groundhog died on, in, you know, in February. Uh, he killed fuck. He killed the groundhog on a groundhog's day. And uh, and then he, he ate pizza with a fork in Staten Island. Everybody hates the way he eats pizza. People still talk about that. Hey, they eat pizza with the knife and fork. I don't give a fuck about that. Eat it any way you want. But I mean, if shit's going on like this, this is no time to be discussing cheese addiction and, and expecting me to like listen to him about some kind of, oh, I need to get away from overprocessed foods. Fuck off. This is not what's going to define you. Do you think that they're prepping us for a shortage? Cheese. Just like dairy products, like beef, like meat, like, is there going to be like some sort of shortage? It's like, it's just out of nowhere. It's bizarre articles about eating insects. doesn't make any damn sense. I think that we need to open a restaurant in New York where we make um, all foods that taste like vegetables, but are made only of meat just to <laughs> fuck with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it, call it beef, beef cumber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Q, Q burger. I don't know. Uh, the, impossible salad the salad is made of pure pork <laughs> it's impossible impossible <laughs> salad it tastes like pork rinds it tastes and, exactly uh, like a salad it's all a dead animal it had a soul enjoy it you dump enough dressing on it it's going to taste like you want it to. yeah i think that the people who are worried about uh, diet and shit like that and who talk about this kind of stuff maybe i mean could, could they be thinking that that cleverly about it like you know to try to let's just voluntarily get away from meat i mean the new york's a <clears throat> stupid progressive city we'll be the first one eat, first ones eating bugs i swear to god this city will be clamped by the it, when it comes time we will be all over the fucking bugs what's the difference yeah well that's what the starving people in north korea eat. they eat the grasshoppers did you know that i did not just mm -hmm. the grasshoppers well apparently they're abundant so it's like the only protein they can get. Good God. North yeah, Korea. So. North, North Korea. Korea yeah. Shitty fucking places from what I understand. Do you think uh, Kim Jong-un likes his job? I think he loves it. Why? Yeah. You don't think it, you don't think he does? I think he absolutely loves it. Do you think he's looking over his shoulder all the time? He probably is. I mean, I don't, know, I, I don't know if he's entitled. I don't know if he should really be worried about it. I mean, like, uh, he what do you think his day looks it. like? Do you think he wakes up at like 10 a.m. and he's like, I think I'm going to have a threesome. He rings a bell. And then he's yeah. And it's delivered to him. A what if he goes to bed? What if he goes through like a period where he's like really into black chicks? Like, how? what's he supposed to do about that? Well, I mean, yeah, these are all very challenging questions. And I think if, if he was into black chicks, he should have sex with black chicks. Yeah, um, but where are you going to find those in North Korea? Well, you know, look, if, if you can get Dennis Rodman to come over and hang out with you, he can probably introduce you to some black chicks. That's true. But I thought he was into white chicks. Didn't he date Madonna? He knows some black chicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's a good he knows point. A, he's probably got a lot of friends. And I bet you he could. I bet you he, would, he probably knows a couple who would go over and fuck Kim Jong-un just for the fuck of it you know i mean like there, there's some women who just like they want to take a trip and if it's you know meet a dictator he's very rich you know you look you're gonna have the time of your life sure uh, you've always now, wanted to try anal but it's been too scary but now there's an asian dude so there's an opportunity much less scary i'm telling you 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 won't even it trust me not to worry 
I'm not so sure that I want to change my diet because Eric Adams said so. Uh, there's mm-hmm. some sort of research here saying that uh, University of Michigan found that cheese was among foods that people found hard to give up. But that doesn't merit some of the headlines it generated. This explains a lot. A study finds that cheese is just as addictive as drugs. So it sounds like here's one another headline that, that came out after that study. Headed to Roquefort Rehab. Cheese is addictive as crack cocaine. <sighs> Uh, predictably, the Internet did not take kindly to Adam's words. Writer Tom Rick said, I'm into the hard stuff. Age Parmesan and old Gouda. Is there anywhere I can get it? Uh, now, somebody had some serious responses. This, And you know what? So he's against cheese. But you know what else he is? He also said he used to beat up crackers. This motherfucker is against crackers, crackers. <laughs> and cheese. His favorite movie is Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> I don't get it, but the, the listeners will. Uh, the, was a claymation about these two people that were this guy and his dog who were obsessed with cheese and go to the moon and the moon's made of cheese. Oh, they were obsessed with cheese, Boston Gromit. Yeah, yeah, knew about them, but I never knew what it was about. Now I do. The, uh, that was a night, was that a 90s thing? Wallace and Gromit, yeah, Seems yeah, they like, used to play it for us in like third grade at school. This doesn't seem like you were in third grade in the 90s. That's weird. The, yeah, the, it was <laughs> that the uh, the 90s were a time of really weird experimentation with shit like like David Byrne decides he's going to be a fucking, I don't know, Calypso artist or something and do all this like uh, Spanish sounding music. And there was like just this weird shit. Buena Vista Social Club and shit. Didn't Garth Brooks make a rock album under an alias. Yes, exactly. That type of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God, I forgot all about that. Was that. Yeah, I forget what he called himself, but it was. <laughs> and I heard it sucked. <laughs> yeah. You know, he should have just done a country album, done the same songs, put a steel guitar on it. It would have been fine. Um, it's this is this is article gets a little bit less interesting as we go down. So I'm going to move on to one more crime. And uh, I, and this is pretty. Uh, this is a pretty wild one because this happened uh, in Jersey, which is still, of course, as you pointed out, the metropolitan uh, statistical region. Police are this Hackensack, New Jersey. Police are investigating a traveling nurse who allegedly set a Hackensack University Medical Center worker on fire. He set her on fire. This is the guy right here, Nicholas Pagano, who sets people on fire. Uh, apparently, they'd had a dispute. He looks like he's going to set somebody on fire. You know, it's like you could pick him out of a group and say, like, yeah, that's the guy. It's going to look at those yeah. wide eyes and shit. There's something very. I mean, the dot in his head, that's obviously just like a fucking um, facial uh, mark of some kind. But it's, but it, it, it's definitely oddly placed right in the center of his head between his eyes. 54 year old. He looks good for 54, though. If that's if that's him at 54, I'd say he looks pretty good. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. It looks great. He must I be hit younger. it. <laughs> I mean, the older you get, the more you go. Oh, it's uh, like Jesus. man. I mean, that's like. It doesn't look 54. Oh, wait. No, a 54 year old uh, employee, employee got into an argument. It's not even him. It's, he's not he set a 54 year old on fire. He set a 54 year old on f- a woman, I believe. Uh, he's not a hospital employee. He's working there as a contracted nurse. You know, traveling nurses, man, they make big money. They really make bank. Are you aware of that? Traveling nurses? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I've good. heard. It's probably not that hard to fake either. I mean, nurses have to do a lot of just kind of grunt work sometimes, you know, just not wiping asses, giving baths, checking vitals. 
you know, even stabbing somebody with a needle. I mean, I, there's certain basics. I'm sure that's not the easiest thing in the world. I tell you what, though, some of them seem smarter than the doctors. Well, they do more work. I mean, I, I think that the nursing, I think I would rather have a world that was all nurses. If you had to have just nurses or just doctors, I would take nurses. Yeah, me too. Well, it's like it's like the old like medic from the war type thing, right? Like the like the the medics from World War One have so much experience performing surgery in like a high stress environment. They could probably do do a lot better work than some of the doctors that have never seen any sort of uh, action like that. Yes, they yeah the doctors are, you know they come in after everything's all like sort of set up and stitched up maybe and you know they got a clipboard and they're like okay fine whatever. Uh, they uh, they seem to lose touch with that high stress situation unless there's some kind of fucking brain surgeon or something after the argument. So they had an argument. Then uh, Pagano entered a, entered a break room around 520 a.m. Uh, early morning crime once again. And he struck the woman with a wrench. 54 year old woman and set her on fire. So first he struck her with the wrench. Then he set her on fire. You could have just hit her again and it would have been all over. Uh, I think he really wanted her to be on fire. She suffered third degree burns over her upper body and hands. Now, as well as a laceration to her head that required stitches, you could be in a lot worse places than a hospital break room when somebody sets you on fire. I guess that's the only upside here. Yeah. Or you could just be um, protesting Vietnam and anywhere is fine. Right. You you know, because you intend to burn to death. Right. And uh, how do you sit there motionless after you've set yourself on fire? I mean, that is an amazing amount of fucking. Oh, how do you how do you get ignited, though? Like, does your, do your clothes catch fire? Are you talking about in this woman's case? Yeah. Did he put gas on her or anything? It just says he set her on fire. Uh, like if I tried to set you on fire, that would be very hard. It would be. Now, if you knock me out with a wrench first, it might. Yeah, I could be. do it. Maybe yeah. he knocked her fully out. Uh, she was initially treated in the emergency room, transported to another uh, medical facility for treatment. He fled in a car afterwards, and uh, they're actively looking for him. He's driving a 1998 white Jeep Grand Cherokee with black roof racks and New Jersey plates. Bergen County prosecutor Mark Massell announced that Pagano has been charged with attempted murder, aggravated assault, unlawful weapons possession, fire. Police said Pagano should be considered armed and dangerous. He might have another wrench, maybe another lighter should not be approached. And uh, this is a, a different number here uh, than it usually is. We usually uh, the Crime Stoppers hotline. You guys know it. Uh, but in this case, it is the Hackensack Police Department. 201-646-77777. So it's 201-646-7777. Um, and that's it. So how about this fucking guy? I mean, that's uh, crazy. It's that's a, that's a, I wonder what the argument could have been about, you know, covering a shift. I mean, what the fuck is uh, they don't ever give this guy's age either, which is odd. Nicholas, Pagano. they don't know. They might not know. A traveling nurse surely had to fill out an application, submit a resume, something. Yeah, you know, they, they probably work the on these fucking people. It's just like he just shows up. <laughs> yeah, I'm old enough. Trust me. Uh, they make so much money. I knew somebody who's traveling nurse. They might live in a place for a little while. And what a great way to live, too. You get to live in all kinds of different cities and situations, and you have a ton of money. You get to retire probably pretty young. I mean, like, it's... Uh, I'd rather be a traveling nurse than a fucking stay-in-one-town nurse. Yeah, it just depends, man. Depends on what your lifestyle is. Married, you have kids. 
nice thing about the traveling nurse is that if you make a mistake, next job has no idea. Later, guys. I'm going to be. Uh... <laughs> well, here's the other thing is that I bet a traveling nurse is generally speaking. And if there's I know there's at least one traveling nurse. Listen, because uh, that's how I found all this shit out. She was a very nice person and it was not true of her, but I but I would imagine there may be some real horrors. Yeah, it will and a lot of pill poppers, too. Yeah, right. You mean just from the travel, you need to stay awake or well, I mean, you're, go- you're going you're going from, um, you know, house to house, property to property, and you're administering all these painkillers. I imagine that they have access to them. It's easy to skim off of, a little bit off of all the different patients you see. Well, like that. I mean, I don't think they make it's not about house calls. I mean, they just go work in different hospitals all over the country. Mm, right, right. So, well, I mean, then, yeah, I, then I guess maybe not. Maybe. But then again, they might feel a little bit more uh, free to dip into, you know, the meds uh, in the hospital, you know, thinking right. like, well, you know, I mean, it's not like they want to get fired, but it seems like it would follow you a little bit less. You just don't want them getting into the cheese, you know, <laughs> I'm, dude, I've been looking at this study on my other monitor. Remember earlier today when we were, t- I was telling you about PubMed. It's a PubMed study, by the way, I'm reading all about it, about the cheese, about the cheese addiction. And it's like, it's really, they exaggerated in that article. It's they, they, the, what the study really found is that some foods are more addictive than others. Not that food was as addictive as crack. Yeah, and some foods being more addictive than others. I would say anything with sugar is it's right anything at the process. Of yeah, yeah. And so cheese. yeah. Cheese. Yeah, how people like cheese. It goes on a lot of different things. It's like if you cut out cheese, you're cutting out like a certain number of foods that like pizza's gone pretty much. Sure. Uh, you know, I meant a grilled cheese. <laughs> I feel like uh, like a uh, burger is uh, is obviously a thing. You know, you you like burger. Everybody likes burger. You put cheese on it. I don't know. People think cheese really sets things off, and I, I can take it or leave it most times. I, I, it's delicious. I, just don't, I don't really give a damn about food, to be honest with you, man. I like I, I like sodas food, a lot, but I'm I don't, no food's very unimportant to me. Well, what's in, what is important to you? Oh, that's a good question, dude. You mean like things that I really enjoy that I would my, yeah. I would say my nicotine is probably one of the, up there in the top five. So you're vaping I mean, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not counting like a, the obvious ones like family and shit. Mm-hmm. Like if I was just a, yeah, like, a loner stuff, right? and personal yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, I would say that I really, really enjoy nicotine. Mm. I really, really enjoy a good soda. We were talking about Dr. Pepper earlier. Yeah. Right. And I like that too. Yeah. Um, and it's what's as far best, consumption. What's the, what's the best root beer? I like dad's root beer because it has caffeine. That's rare. Barks has caffeine, but uh, it does. It does. Um, but most of them don't. Nothing like an IBC. Those IBCs, man. I used to drink those all the time when I was high as a teenager. That and peach yeah. knee high. For some reason, we got we started drinking a lot of peach knee high. Just seemed to really cut that film you'd sometimes feel in your mouth when you're stoned. You started smoking a vape, didn't you? Like just that's what you, you didn't smoke cigarettes. Or no, something. I smoked cigarettes for a long time. About oh, ten years. Ten years. Yeah. I quit yeah. for 15 and started back. I mean, what triggered you? Oh, I wasn't prepared for how stressful my marriage was going to be. Yeah. yeah. My fault. I should have known I, the, the, the red flags were all she's sitting right here. My ex-wife, by the way, she's been very still. This old. you've been very good. Uh, <laughs> she's very stoic. Yes, she she's uh, she was one of these people who, who enjoyed a lot of chaos. And uh, she um, 
I don't know. I think chaos might have been her addiction. And, and, and so there's that. And then and she also was uh, a carrier of it. You know what I mean? It was like she, she was always shedding chaos, I should say. She uh, had borderline personality disorder? Well, I don't. Th- it could have been. It could have been because she did. You know, Did her the, mother abandon her at a young yes, age? She, well, yeah. didn't abandon her, but she had a very strong sense of abandonment from her mother who had OCD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she has borderline personality disorder, bro. Well, I, I, I've met, I was almost murdered by a woman with, with uh, borderline personality disorder. That's me diagnosing it, not anybody else. Yeah, and the, they the doctors care a lot in common. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I called it right off the bat that she had mom issues, right? Would you put that together? Yeah, I mean, and and you know what it was? It's like her mom wouldn't hold her and stuff because when she was a, but this is when she was a, I mean, baby is pretty important, but when she was a small child, baby, her mom wouldn't hold her because she was obsessed with the idea of poop being all over the baby and uh she she was diagnosed ocd like she took meds for it and shit i mean like she she did a lot of bad yeah yeah definitely too bad her her dad did all that stuff but it's not the same Mm. and he was also blind so there's a whole not being seen thing i guess or something like that i mean like uh, you don't learn how to mirror facial expressions and so she kind of right. sometimes had there was like a weird disconnect of like not reading my intent or whatever, misreading things a lot. All I know is that she would get mad at her parents. And I know, you know what? By the end of the night, she is going to be picking me up and throwing me against the wall. You yeah. know, was she changing jobs every six months? Well, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it would. No, no. She she kept a job pretty well. I mean, she was she's good. She would work at a place for, for quite a while. Uh, the one who tried to kill me, however, she did that kind of she couch surfed and stuff. Yeah. So she was I, I kind of thought maybe by I don't know, I get into well, bipolar and borderline personality disorder have a lot of similar characteristics like uh, uh, manic shopping sprees, shit like that. Promiscuity right. trips. Uh, yeah. 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 Trips, spontaneous shit, impulsive spending. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's yeah all sorts of shit like that. And usually it's associated with a parent abandoning, particularly a mother or mm-hmm. a sense of abandonment at, in youth, like teen, teenager and younger, like a kind of like puberty level and younger. And so, yeah. Grand ideas are, I know are a big one, like a, a kind of grand yeah. comes with that manic phase and then it's followed mm-hmm. by that other shit. We're just, like, I'm sorry you went through that, man. That's tough. Well, thank you for acknowledging that. You know, nobody says that almost nobody says that. Thank you very much. I deserve that. It You're was welcome. very difficult. It lasted a long time. Now I'm smoking. And, uh, you know, that's what happens is you go. I, this sucks so bad that I mean, like, I don't fear being dead at all. And I used to say that when I was with her, I used to fear death. And now I can kind of see an upside. You know, I'll just I'll, I'll finally be by myself for a little while. And, uh, you know, hey, it is something to look forward to when you get right down to it. But it'll be very restful. Uh, how do you how do you pull off smoking inside in New York? Well, I mean, it's my place. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, do they so let you smoke at the studio for a crime report? I, sometimes I'll smoke one near the end of the show. It's like at the end of the week. So nobody will be back until Monday. I figure I can get away with it. Yeah. But I try not to overdo it because like, uh, yeah, one time aunt came in and said it smelled like a fucking bingo parlor. And it's like, well, there you go. You don't want to piss off the boss. Uh, we were come playing on, bingo right? at the time. <laughs> <laughs> we, that, that, that's what really made it sting. The truth hurts. Uh, come and come and be on the show again, Crime Report, and uh, do this again soon. I hope this is a little longer than 
than uh, I normally do for an episode. It's almost sorry. Uh, I kept interrupting you. So I didn't know. Stop what the format it. Was. Oh, no, it's just like we can bullshit forever. We, we have a mutual. Aren't you from Tennessee originally or something? I uh, lived in Nashville for seven years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good enough. My I lived formative in- years were Tennessee. You were from not Bristol. No, uh, Southeast uh, Tennessee or South Carolina, Georgia, wherever the fuck I'm from. But yeah, uh, more Chattanooga area. Um, And and that's a nice area. Bristol. I don't know. It's probably all right. West Tennessee. We know about that. So who's from Bristol, Tennessee? John McAfee, the McAfee antivirus from Bristol, Tennessee. That's wild. Did you know I interviewed him? Did you get to interview him when he was when he was taking interviews with virtually everybody? No, he died like right when I started to get into the podcasting thing. But I did. I have interviewed the author of his biography twice, and I'd be happy to connect you with him. He's a fascinating guy. Please do. Yeah, that'd be great to talk to his biographer. Yeah, the book's called No Domain, and he did 30 hours of recorded Skype sessions with John McAfee before he died and got the green light to write the book by McAfee himself. Man, I mean, talking to to that guy for even half an hour is is like a trip. I mean, you get a lot of information there. Uh, His interview, my interview with him, by the way, is posted on the Locals page, nyccrimereport.locals.com. And I hope that y'all will come and check that out because uh, there's I'm, I'm doing a bunch of different show concepts, at least six. And uh, there's a late night show. There's a music show. There's like a, a, a show called Dog Fuckers, which we discussed earlier. There's mm-hmm. so much to talk about with Dog Fuckers, and I've wanted to do that for a long time. Uh, great talent on there besides me. You know, uh, Ray Schneider's is on there with Monday morning quarterbacks, a retired homicide detective. Tough as nails from Fontana. <laughs> California and uh, also uh, Douglas Nelson and Anthony Zenhauser. I can't even name it all. Go there and check it out. I think you'll like it. It's only $5 a month and uh, I'm working hard to make it worth your while to do that. If you're on the Patreon, look, I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. I'm shadow banned over there. I I couldn't grow. And uh, tell me what you would. I'm going to make good on a couple of promises there for sure. Don't be mad at me, please. you shouldn't have to say that to fans, but please don't be mad at me. And uh, Chase, people should really check out your show. You have a number of like you get really high quality guests and you have high quality conversations with them. One America. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate the compliments. Yeah, you can uh, you can find the podcast at one American dot com or uh, check me out on Twitter, uh, Twitter dot com slash real Chase Geyser, G.E.I.S.E.R. Thank I just you. subscribe to NYC Crime Report on uh, locals, by the way. Thanks. Hey, dude. Uh, thank you for glossing over my mistake there. It's one American and you just like, I'll just. That's OK. People confuse I... it with one American news network a lot, but it's, it's different because <laughs> the slogan is I am one American. I am one American and you are. I am undoubtedly one American. Thank you for uh, again for doing it. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon, Chase. OK, man. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. And end it.